when I was graduating high school, I definitely had the idea that I was stuck doing whatever I chose. And because of that, I was, I think it almost made it harder for me to choose what I wanted to do because I had that idea in my head and I just kind of floated around, you know, not choosing anything because I didn't want to choose the wrong thing. So yeah, I, I hear that a lot, you know, don't rush take a gap year. If you really don't know what you want to do, there's plenty of programs and you can shadow people, you know, take some free courses, things like that. Welcome back to the career therapy podcast, where we help you escape your toxic workplace, build career confidence and find the role that's right for you. My name is Martin McGovern, founder and lead coach at career therapy. And I'm excited to introduce our guest today. Please welcome Catherine Colombo to the podcast. Catherine is the host and producer of the Careers Through the Years podcast and founder of Muse of Media, where she provides small businesses with innovative and affordable marketing solutions. Today, we talk about the two key pieces of career advice that she has learned from interviewing people on her podcast. We talk about how to break into the field of social media, and we talk about what it was like building her own business in the marketing world. Thank you for tuning in and supporting the show. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes so that the algorithm will share this conversation with more folks who are also trying to build their careers like you. And sit back and relax and tune in to our conversation with Catherine. Today's episode is brought to you by HireEct.us, a free app that lets hiring teams and candidates instantly chat about incredible job opportunities. If you're a hiring manager, CEO, or recruiter, download the HireEct app to see a curated list of talented individuals and accelerate your hiring process 10 times faster than traditional ways. And if you're a job seeker, join the platform to start talking to decision makers at startups who are ready to hire. Businesses grow faster when everyone is communicating seamlessly. Download HireEct.us, that's H-I-R-E-C-T dot U-S today. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm very excited to talk to you about, you know, all the work you're doing in the social media world, in, in your own podcast, and in the different things that you're doing to build your career and kind of stand out and promote yourself. So um, let's start with the podcast. What kind of gave you the idea to launch your own careers focused podcast? So I started the podcast because it was a final project for a communications class. I never had thought of starting a podcast before that, but then I continued it because I really liked doing it. And I liked um, the idea that I had when I came up with careers through the years. So basically I want to get people from all different career backgrounds and age groups and, you know, life backgrounds and talk to them about their career experience and um, what they, what they do, what, what their whole career has been throughout, you know, since they graduated high school, because um, I think younger people have this idea that when you graduate high school and you go into college, whatever you choose then is what you're stuck with for your entire life. And that's a lot of pressure. Um, I felt a lot of pressure going into college out of high school because of that. So um, the people that I've talked to have all said that they went through the same thing. I think it's something that everyone goes through and it's encouraging to hear um, that other people have felt the same way and, you know, they have been successful anyway. So um, 
I, I wanted to start the podcast because I think people that are going into their career or going into college have this feeling of maybe um, they're, they're unsure, it's kind of scary, and it's also exciting, but I really wanted to create something that would provide valuable advice and, um, you know, insight and anything that would make these people feel less lost and have something to relate to. Yeah. And it's, it is true. And, and I think that that's kind of one of the odd things about seeing people who are well, well on in their career, right? You almost have this survivorship bias where it's like, well, they knew exactly what they wanted all along. And that's why Mm -hmm. they're so successful at this age. When in reality, if you talk to people who are a bit, you know, further along in their career, they're like, oh yeah, no, I like totally just messed around all throughout my twenties. I didn't know what I was doing. And like, eventually they figured it out. What are some Mm -hmm. examples from your podcast that, you know, that kind of opened your mind a little bit to the flexibility that we have in our careers? Well, there was one story that someone told me, and I think it was somebody they knew or their sibling or something went into, went to school for engineering and they went, you know, they graduated, they got their engineering degree and they were working in it for a little bit. And then they realized that I, you know, I'm not happy doing this. This isn't what I want to do. And I can only imagine how that feels. You know, you go to school for all that time, you spend all that money and then you don't really like what you're doing. And they eventually did something entrepreneurial photography business or something like that. And um, I I just think that that's something that is, is really important to hear because when I was graduating, graduating high school, I definitely had the idea that I was stuck doing whatever I chose. And because of that, I was, I think it almost made it harder for me to choose what I wanted to do because I had that idea in my head and I just kind of floated around, you know, not choosing anything because I didn't want to choose the wrong thing. So yeah, I, I hear that a lot, you know, don't rush, take a gap year. If you really don't know what you want to do, there's plenty of programs and you can shadow people, you know, take some free courses, things like that. So where do you think that that pressure came from uh, when you were in high school? Was it parents? Was it the school? Was it like, where were these ideas coming from that, you know, what you chose going into college was going to be the thing that you were stuck with? I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's, it's almost like a stereotype of some sort, not a stereotype uh, what is the word? Um, It's just something that I, an idea that I had in my mind. And I think maybe that's because uh, looking at my people, like my parents and people that were older, me older than me, well into their careers because they were successful or they, they, um, you know, they, they didn't seem lost to me. I created this thing in my head where it was like, oh, well, they must've known what they wanted to do all along or else they wouldn't be in that position. And I think that's why I, um, that's where that idea came from. I don't know. Maybe that's what every young person sees when they look at someone that seems successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that also makes sense because everything is sort of built around assessments, right? You got your yeah. grades, you got your you know, SAT, ACT, like it's all pushing you towards mm-hmm. making big decisions. Maybe, maybe not when you're ready. You know, I mean, I think a lot yeah. of times we're like, I'm still trying to figure out who the heck I am let alone figure out what I want to do. Right. Um, but we sort of put a lot of pressure 
to pick a career and to also pick a career that like has an identity that we want to wear. Right. I feel like a lot of this gets wrapped up in like identity and who we are and our job is a representation of us, which is also a representation of our parents. And, you know, then they put their pressures on you and things like that. What were some of the things that you were considering? What were the paths you were looking at? Um, I was looking at like something in business because I had an interest in that. Um, but I, I, I really, I didn't know, I didn't know what was out there. I think the more that I started taking online classes and talking to other people, I realized that if you want to go into a field like business or marketing, there's so many, um, different, uh, you know, aspects of that. And so many routes you can go, you, you know, you don't have to just do something like you don't have to do accounting or you don't have to do like copywriting. If you're going to go into marketing, there's so many different routes you can take. And I don't think I realized that. So I had a limited view of what I could go into. And, and I think that that was a little confusing because I was like, Oh, I'm going to go into business, but I didn't even know what that meant. So yeah, it was, I didn't realize what I really wanted to do until a little bit later, but. Yeah. It's kind of funny because like business, everything to some degree is business, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Everything in the world. I guess I'll just do work. I, you know, work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh Did you have counselors at your school or was there anyone who was helping you figure these things out or was it all just kind of like, nope, go pick up one of those college books and see what happens? Yeah. I didn't have, we didn't have counselors at the high school I went to. So I think people would try their best to give you advice and things like that. But no, I didn't have any counselors. Um, I don't know if, if that would have helped me even because back then I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I do now. I didn't, uh, I had different interests back then. So, you know, maybe I would have chosen a different path, but I don't think I would have stayed with that just because, like I said, I had different ideas of what I wanted. I had different interests back then. And so what did you end up choosing? So I ended up choosing uh, marketing and more like social media marketing. And um, that's, I have a Muse of Media is my marketing agency and it's where I offer marketing services to small businesses. And I primarily focus on social media marketing because it can be really effective, but also affordable because if you think about it, you can promote yourself and advertise on social media. Um, but if you're going to do some kind of traditional advertising route, you, you know, if you want to get a billboard, you have to pay for the billboard. And then if you have a marketing agency, then you're also paying the marketing agency. And if I uh, say, Hey, like, you know, we can promote your business on these social media accounts, but we don't necessarily have to pay for an ad. We can just build up your social media presence. There's one cost that's kind of taken out because you're not paying for something like a TV ad or a, a billboard, something like that. Yeah. And finding those creative ways to do it. Um, what mm-hmm. were some of the classes um, in the in your marketing and social media degree that you thought were the most informative or, or, or beneficial for your career and your life? So I actually don't have a marketing degree, okay. but I have taken s- several classes surrounding that. And I am pursuing my 
OMCP, which is Online Marketing Certified Professional. Um, I'm trying to remember them off the top of my head. What was your question again? How did you come across the OMCP? How did you find that um, direction Um, to take? I don't know how I found that direction. I think I just came across it researching one day. Um, I was really interested in the online marketing aspect, social media marketing aspect of marketing. And I ended up coming across it somehow. Um, I don't really remember, but I figured it was a route that I wanted to take. It was not super expensive. It wasn't super time consuming. It was self-paced. So. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what's cool about this new era of education is that there are so many different directions to go with it that are affordable self-paced. And with marketing, it's one of those things where you really can learn it by doing it, right? You can just go out and start building things. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's a way, I remember when I started learning marketing, it was all very much like, here's old ads from (laughs) the early 2000s. Let's analyze the hell out of them. And it's like, that has no relation to how, you know, Mm -hmm. music is being promoted these days, like in these sort of underhanded ways. I, I think there's like yeah. one song where it looked like it was a very spontaneous thing that someone made while on like a live um, a live stream. But then you like go and you dig further and you dig further and you find out that the person who left the comment that inspired the song was actually someone that worked at the record label. Who, and oh. the whole thing was just all planned out behind the scenes. So it's, yeah. it's marketing is fascinating in so many different yeah, ways and just understanding human behavior and how, how our how we can kind of shift narratives in, in a lot of different ways. And it sounds like mm-hmm. that's the kind of work you're doing as well. Um, mm-hmm. So when, when you were given the assignment to come up with a podcast, what was the sort of, you know, idea behind that? What was the, what was the assignment and how did you come up with the idea for the careers related one? So the assignment, I think it was working on your conversation skills and um, uh, kindling a, an enriching conversation with people. So I came up with the idea, my, my thoughts behind careers through the years were, um, I wanted it to be interview-based because I, I wanted to hear different stories of different careers and um, everybody has different experiences. Everybody has something different to say that somebody will be able to relate to. So those are my thoughts behind it. I think that something I see often is people of similar ages tend to kind of like come together and um, whether that's on social media or in real life, and then they maybe miss some really good information or advice that somebody outside of their age group, somebody, you know, that's not their friend or their peer may have. So I, I really wanted to provide information through my podcast from people of all different ages that maybe somebody might not get because they're just not interacting with that age or that person from that career. Yeah, that's really interesting. It is every generation does sort of have something to learn from the others, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. not typically how it's talked about in the media. Yeah. It's always very like one generation against the other who's gonna win kind of battle royale it's like well the winners i guess are the ones uh who are younger because they just survive (laughs) in the next decade but it's all just a big rolling thing right and so Mm -hmm. in the conversations you're having it's it almost feels like you know maybe you didn't have the the counselors in high school but you're almost sort of building your own mentor network your own counselor network through these 
episodes as well. And, you know, what are some of the big takeaways that you're pulling from these conversations? I think some of the biggest takeaways, everybody that I've talked to has said these two things. One is do something that you're passionate about. And the second is don't rush. And I think that's really interesting because even they see, even though they're not involved in the, you know, the SAT and the going to college, choosing what you want to do, they can still see and remember the, that feeling and that pressure to rush and go to school and, you know, do it in this, this pattern, like the, the game life kind of, it's like this robotic thing that makes people feel like they need to rush. So they've all said in some way, don't rush. You know, I've, I just recently interviewed a judge and she said she hated school and she didn't think she was going to go to school. And she waited for two years before she ended up going back to college. So I, I think that I was actually surprised to hear that from all those people too, because I, I felt kind of alone in that, or at least alone in like my age group, my generation. And then, um, do what you're passionate about is I think everybody hears that all the time. That is one of those contributing factors of like pressure of picking what you want to do, because it's do something that makes you money, do something that you're passionate about, do something, this and that, and this and that. But I think it is really important to do something you're passionate about because you, you get burned out less um, quickly. I mean, every job can be draining and every job has moments that are not your favorite. But I think if you, choose something that you're passionate about, that's at least there. And there's, there's a reason behind why you're passionate about it. So, yeah. How do these folks tend to, um, talk about passion? Cause I think I I'm always so curious about it. Um, considering the way that it's talked about online in a lot of different ways. And I think this is maybe one of the fun things about marketing, or maybe one of the unfortunate things about marketing, it's hard to say, is that you can kind of see through a little bit more of the BS um, that exists on the internet. And one of the questions I'm always asking is, what is this person trying to sell me, right? (laughs) When I'm I'm consuming any uh, content and, you know, the passion, the world of promoting finding your passion and things like that there's there's almost a toxic positivity Mm -hmm. to it in some ways and it can create more pressure and more stress for people Um, but Mm -hmm. do you do you feel like that's what the people in these conversations are getting at or do you feel like they have a different definition of passion than maybe the social media culture would would put out there I think they do have a different definition I mean I can't speak for all of them but some of them, I, I had a conversation with someone, um, in a recent episode and she was, she said, you know, do what you're passionate about. But she also was explaining that I think there is, like you said, a sort of a toxic positivity around it. And, um, anytime, you, you know, pe- people say, do what you're passionate about. You should be happy doing what you're doing. And, not everyone is always happy doing what they're doing in that very moment. Like, like I said, there's always moments where you feel drained or you don't want to do what you're doing anymore. And I think that hearing that all the time, like you should love your job. You should be passionate about what you're doing might be discouraging when somebody is in a moment where they don't feel that way. And going back to the conversation, um, I, she, she was telling me, you know, do what you're passionate about, but put your time in and work hard because that ultimately is going to be fulfilling. And, um, when, when people always say, 
you know, love your job, do what you love, whatever. That's important. I think to not go into a field that you hate, but, um, making people feel like they should love their job all the time. is just kind of unrealistic because that it's, it's impossible. Everybody has moments where they don't love their job. So I don't think that they're promoting some toxic positivity, passion of loving your job. But I think that I see that a lot today, mostly on social media. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's cool. The types of guests you're getting, you know, like um, I think generally when people want to talk to folks about their careers, they want to reach out to influencer types, right? They want to mm-hmm. reach out to people that are very like showboaty and, you know, hurrah, hurrah kind of a thing. And I'm kind yeah. of curious, you know, when you think about what guests to have on your show, what are the things that you're looking for? Is it just kind of, you know, you're looking for variety, you're looking for certain types of careers. What, what sort of things do you keep in mind? I'm, I, most of all, I'm looking for a variety of careers and ages and people, because I think, you know, everybody has a different experience that they have gained something unique from, and they have that to share. So above all, I'm looking for variety. Um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to having any type of career on the show. Like if you're an influencer, then great, that's interesting, but I don't want to have us only one type of person, you know, only influencers or only entrepreneurs. I want to have all different types of people on. Yeah. I think that that's definitely the way to go. And I think it's important to just learn from all the different sectors because the truth is that, you know, everyone's going to hit a point in their career where they go, should I be doing this or should I be doing something else? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, and one of the limiting factors is that we only really have like television and the media and like, (laughs) like, uh, you know, different kind of shows. It's like, what is it like to be in advertising? Well, I'm going to watch Mad Men or what's it like to be a doctor? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go watch some terrible ER kind of Grey's Anatomy sort of thing. And like, we get these really skewed ideas. Like, what is it like to be a judge? Oh, I'm going to go watch Suits or something, right? Or Judge judge Judy or something. Yeah, Like these like really skewed perspectives on what careers are. And so, you know, kudos to you for going out and like getting the real stories told because there is no real, like, I I think kind of what you called out, it's like, there's so many shoulds that we're told. We should know what we want to do the rest of our life. We should know what we're passionate about. We should have it all figured out by this time. And we should be excelling and and hitting certain milestones. When in reality, Mm -hmm. if you go talk to any normal human being, you know, most never... They either didn't think about it that much and they just sort of went along and, and it all worked out or they yeah. thought about it a lot and made a ton of changes along the way and made it work out as they went along. And so how has this whole experiment of the podcast informed the way you look at your career? What, what have been the biggest shifts in your perspective and, and how are you applying it now? I think I've definitely taken their advice on not rushing and, and putting so much pressure on myself. Not that I don't think that in, you know, in some ways that isn't a bad thing, but, uh, I, I find that it really hinders my creativity and my productivity when I'm putting that pressure on myself and I'm, I'm second guessing things or, you know, is this the right path for me? So I just kind of let things go and it is what it is. And I, whatever happens, happens. So that's, yeah, that's the main thing that I have taken from 
all of my interviews with these people. We interrupt today's episode to let you know about Career Therapy's Unstuck Coaching Program. If you're feeling paralyzed by job search procrastination and unsure of what to do next in your career, we're here to help. Each month as a member, you will get access to two one-on-one coaching calls, unlimited virtual chat with your coach via Slack, invitations to bi-weekly group coaching sessions, and lifetime access to our eight-part job search curriculum. Want to take your search to the next level? Head over to careertherapy.com and schedule a free 15-minute consultation to chat with me today and see if coaching is right for you. Now back to our show. That's cool. And when did you get the idea to start your own business? Um, I think it's something I've always had in my head. That's why I wanted to go into business, but, um, it kind of just happened. I, I always had an interest in the digital world and, um, I started getting, becoming interested in, in marketing when I, I think I took a class on it, a content marketing class, and I really, became interested in the, um, whole concept of it and why people choose to buy things and what makes people buy things. And then I just, it just went on from there. Yeah. That question of what makes them buy things and why people choose to buy things is the one that got me into marketing as well. In my Mm -hmm. early days, I, I remember like sitting there watching TV, you know, pre DVR, pre Netflix, pre back when I was, and and I'm like watching, like waiting, watching shows I don't want to watch just to wait for the commercials to see what toys oh, yeah. were out there so that I could put them on my Christmas list. And I I look back at that, I'm like, how did they manipulate me? <laughs> how did they get me to do that? And it is so fascinating. And it's like, what is the psychology behind all this? Because I do think that there's a lot of parallels between the world of marketing and a lot of what you're talking about in how to pick your career, right? Because picking a career and going to college and, or going to get a, a, you know, going to a a MOOC um, or any of these things, like it's all, all these options are being marketed to us as well. These career paths are being marketed to us. Um, You know, some people want to go into, you know, web development because they saw a pop-up ad on, um, Facebook that says you, you can make a great salary in that field or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we are constantly being influenced by these things. And so it's very cool that that's like, you know, you're sort of looking at it from multiple perspectives from both the marketer perspective and the career perspective and like bringing Mm -hmm. those two things together. Um, when you think about the sort of world of influence and the work that you're doing in, in the social media world, what are some of the biggest realizations you've had about how we make decisions and how behavior is influenced through messaging and through, um, through media? Um, I think a lot of it is, um, uh, media and, and people influencers. And I mean, that's a really powerful marketing tool. Now that's such a big and upcoming thing. Um, I forget what it's called, but there's this method. I I don't know if you know the name of it, but it's what causes people to buy things. And it's like, they, they imagine themselves with it and then they can't imagine themselves without it. And then they buy it. It's like the, the, um, they attach their own value to it aside from the 
price tag. And then that is what actually drives them to buy it. And I think that when, you know, when people are creating advertising campaigns or commercials, they use that method of making someone feel like they can't not have it, like they need it. And then they picture themselves with it and then they choose to buy it based on the value they've attached to it. Yeah, it really is a sort of identity-based core sort of marketing, yeah. which again is overlapped with the career piece because I think a lot of times that is what we build our identity around. This whole question that is the most commonly asked question when you meet people is what do you do, right? It's like, mm-hmm. well, what do you do? And then people build entire you know, frameworks in their minds about who you are based on mm-hmm. what you do. So that's, that's such a big a big core piece of all of this. And so um, as we look at just the different ways that marketing has been evolving and, and the types of, uh, you know, adjustments that, that companies have had to make over the years from really traditional kind of stuff to this more influencer kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think your, your whole point of like, don't rush is, is kind of an interesting one to bring into the mix as well, because the marketing world is so fast paced and it is so yeah. like, go, go, go jump on trends, you know, Gary V the hell out of everything. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's also this idea of like slow and steady wins the race sometimes with a lot of these brands and with a lot of these things. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm curious with the types of things, with types of small businesses that you're trying to help. I think some of them might be, I, I I'd be curious, are they, are they trying to move like super fast? Are they trying to like slow down and really get their story together? What are the sort of things that uh, you think are most helpful for these businesses as they're trying to, you know, make a name for themselves? I think a lot of people, especially small business owners um, are sometimes hesitant to jump on trends, which is totally understandable. Um, I think if, especially if you're not on social media a lot and you don't, some trends are, are weird and they don't really make sense unless you understand them. It's like an inside joke. And, um, I see companies, um, participating in these kinds of trends all the time. But I think when, um, when you're a small business owner and you're kind of set apart a little bit from that world, it can be sort of scary to hop on a trend that everyone's doing because you, you, it, it may not seem like it goes with your, your brand or what you're selling, but, um, it depends on, you know, it does depend on what social media you're using and what platform you're using. I know sometimes trends stay within their, uh, platform that they began on, but yeah, I think sometimes people are, are hesitant when it comes to that. And I understand that. Um, and, and sometimes it's a good idea to be hesitant, hesitant because trends don't always end up in the right place, but, um, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Uh, yeah, no, I, get, I that, get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Cause it is like, you know, you'll see Burger King or Wendy's or something, mm-hmm. jump, on, jump on something too quick. And then they're like, Oh wait, that's yeah. actually a really negative association. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. have you sort of seen any, uh, examples of trends that you, or, or just styles of marketing that you think are really effective or fascinating out there? Um, or any that you've seen that have just like, no, that's, that's cringe and just <laughs> not the way to go. Um, I've seen ones that, 
uh, especially on TikTok, where they try and make them look like they're not an advertisement. Like it's just your friend recommending a product to you. Because I think I've, I've seen a lot of products go viral from regular people that aren't being paid to promote them say, oh, this, you know, this product is great. I love this product. And then it goes viral and then it sells out. So I think companies sort of took note of that and they said, oh, we're going to use this to our advantage. And then they would pay, actually pay people and have them do this style of this isn't really like an ad. It's just kind of me like as a friend recommending this to you. And I think that they, they really work. I I've, they've caught my attention and I've been like, oh, what's, and then I'm like, oh, wait, this is, this is an ad. This isn't real. But I, I think in the social media world, they're really effective. And that is kind of interesting because it really does blur the lines between what is real and what isn't. Right. And I think sure. when, when marketing talks about authenticity, I almost feel like they're talking about a very specific kind of authenticity, right? It's like, it's like promotional authenticity in a way. Um, And so, uh, you know, to your point of those products and going back to that, that, uh, that story about the music that was uh, seemed very spontaneous in a live stream, but was actually very well choreographed behind the scenes by this, Mm -hmm. um, by this music company, it kind of, it, it opens up a lot of questions and a lot of doors as to like, where is the line between what is marketing and what is manipulation and, mm-hmm. and what, what are the, where is our comfort zone with it in both creating the marketing, but also in consuming the marketing. Right. And it, mm-hmm. it I like that you point out, it's like, yeah, this is, this works though. Like, and, and if, if it works, we tend to do more of it. Right. And so what are your thoughts on where those lines are? Like, where do you feel, where do you feel comfortable in the marketing world? And where do you feel like it gets a little bit, I don't know, a little gray. Um, That's interesting that you bring that up. I was just thinking about that this morning. And I think, I, I think there's certain people that can kind of see through that. And I don't know if those are the type of people that are interested in marketing and end up going into it. But, um, an example that comes into my mind is the, um, airy real campaign where they would take women instead of their like perfect supermodels that they would have modeling, they would take real women that, um, so that their customers or their consumers could feel represented. And I think that's a great idea, but I I think a lot of people had this idea that it was because they just cared about their, their consumers and their customers and it, but their end goal was sales. And I think people forget that, you know, when people create these advertising campaigns that make people feel represented or um, identify with their brand, it's because they're trying to boost sales and maybe that they, you know, they really do believe in whatever they're promoting, but like I said, it, the end goal is always sales. And I think some people see through that and some people don't, but it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I think that is fascinating. I think what's, what's almost more fascinating than that. And I'm guilty of this all the time is getting upset with companies for using these things to make sales, you know, <laughs> yeah. like on the one hand, it's like, oh, how dare they use that like social cause or something to like promote yeah. and sell their, it's kind of disgusting in a way. 
But then on the other hand, it's like, well, if they were to do the opposite of that, <laughs> that would be horrible too, you know? Yeah. And so it, it, it almost feels like sometimes it's like a lose-lose or like a there is no right mm -hmm. quote unquote way to do it because it is such mm -hmm. a, a fascinating field in that way because the goal is to get you to buy a product that maybe you don't actually need, but you, you want it, right? Like, do I need this, you know, screen that I have in front of me? Do I need a MacBook instead of just something, you know, that's utilitarian, right? Um, mm -hmm. There is so much that like our society and, and the world functions on that isn't really necessary. But at the same time, if those companies weren't doing those things, we'd have millions of people with no jobs, just kind of standing around, not knowing what to do with themselves. Yeah. Right. So it's like, where are the lines between what's necessary and what's not? And then how does that play out in, in society at large as we go through it? And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting field to get into. And I'm, uh, you know, as you've been sort of navigating it, you know, in these different early parts of your career, what are the parts that, you know, you think you'll keep with you as you move into other areas of interest and what parts are kind of, you know, evolving as you change? Because you mentioned you had some interest in other areas and other careers as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there's definitely knowledge that I, I've gained from researching marketing and, and taking lots of different marketing classes that I will always take with me because I mean, it, it can apply to things outside of marketing. It's, it's, there's so many things that are brought in and used in marketing that are like, you know, have to do with psychology and all that kind of stuff. So I think it, there's definitely important information that is useful outside and in any career. Um, yeah, I, I, in the liberal arts classes I've taken in college, while I know a lot of people don't like them. I really like them. Um, I think things that I've learned from, from them will, I will take with me. Um, so yeah, I, I like, I like learning. I, I like information and, um, yeah. So. And if you were to like, you know, do your best to project ahead and you, you've talked to all these people, you've gotten an idea of like how careers evolve over time and, you know, typically you're, you're probably not going to stay doing what you're doing now forever, right? It'll mm -hmm. evolve probably five or six different ways throughout your life, if not more. Um, if you could sort of try and project yourself in the future, what do you think are some of the, you know, the, the areas that you want to study more of or the topics you want to learn more about? Obviously, the, the world's turning into a metaverse at some point yeah. that almost seems unavoidable. Keep bringing it up on the podcast here, but like, what are maybe some of the things that you're noticing the trends that you're noticing that would be um, good to sort of start studying now so that you're not, so that you're ready for the different shifts that are happening both in your personal life and career and in the world at large. Um, I, I think continuing to keep up with, social media and you know the internet because it's ever changing and and it's changing so quickly and it's i don't see us dropping it and you know just abandoning social media and the internet uh, uh how it is now and you know not using it f for all the things we use it anymore so i think keeping up with that is 
really um, essential to self-promotion and, and promoting if you have a business and just, you know, life. Um, uh, hmm, I don't know. There's so many things to keep up with. It's like, you have to pick and choose, but I would say that is one thing that I, I always try and keep up with. I mean, like for example, Instagram changes their algorithm all the time and, it's hard if you use Instagram to promote yourself and you've familiarized yourself with the algorithm when they're always changing it. So there's a lot of things to keep up with, but that is one of the main things that I prioritize always learning about and keeping up with. Yeah. And I think that that sort of circles back to the advice that you get from, you know, the people on your show, which is, you know, continue to follow things that you're interested in slash passionate about and, Mm -hmm take it bit by bit. Don't rush. I think, you know, we always have to just be kind of keeping one foot solid on the ground, doing what we're doing and one foot looking at the future or going toward the future mm-hmm. at like what's coming next and that constant uh, adjustment and always trying to stay like in the center of what's happening, I think is, is pretty cool. Um, when it comes to the work you're doing, uh, if people want to follow along, where can they find more about your work and, and what you're putting out there? Well, for my podcast, my podcast website is just www.careersthroughtheyears.com. And it's also Careers Through the Years on Spotify and all other social media. My business, Muse of Media, is www.museofmedia.com and then Muse of Media on all other social medias. And then my personal website with my resume is www.catherinecolombo.com. Well, Catherine, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. I think what you've done in just kind of putting yourself out there, launching these businesses, and then really, you know, building a network of people who have been there, done that, and can share some advice, I think is awesome. So everyone definitely go check it out. And Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. I really appreciate your support of what we're building here at Career Therapy as we continue to try and explore the hidden side of modern work and tell some of the stories that maybe don't get enough light shed on them. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, I hope you will leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, Subscribe to this wherever you're listening or watching on YouTube, Spotify, etc. And uh, share this with some friends who you know are going through similar experiences and looking to build their career and, and gain some insights along the way. Again, thank you so much for stopping by and I wish you the best. I'll see you on the next episode.